You are now in session with the Hope Podcast, the podcast bringing you healing, empowerment, and evolution. We are your hosts, Tarani and Brittany, two practicing therapists creating a safe space for melanated mental health. Welcome back to the Hope Podcast. Today's episode is called Hashtag Breaking the Silence. We have decided to continue the conversation from last week's episode, Hashtag Men Too. In that episode, we discussed how men can also be victims of abuse. Recently, Hosea, who many of you know um, from the game, he played Malik Wright. He bravely and publicly disclosed that he was molested at the age of 14, allegedly by his friend's father. And we really wanted to talk about this topic because if I'm not mistaken, Hosea is about 37 years old now. So if he was molested at the age of 14, that means that a lot of time has passed. So this is a secret that he's been holding on for a while. And it takes a lot of courage to be able to come out about something as traumatic as this. And this is something that men all over the world deal with, yet they find it difficult to talk about these things because they're afraid of people judging them. They're afraid of people not believing them, or they could also be afraid of people seeing them as weak. In the Instagram post, Hosea wrote, about a year or so ago, I remember something I tried my whole life to forget. I always thought acknowledging this would make me less of a man. And unfortunately, those are the feelings that many male victims have, that disclosing that they were molested, especially by another man, they feel that it challenges their manhood. So it's so important that we have open discussions about these things because it shows other victims that it's okay for them to be able to come out and them to be able to be honest about the things that have happened to them. A lot of times when it comes to sexual abuse, especially the victim is left to be the person to carry around the guilt and the shame and the baggage that came from the abuse. When in all actuality, those are the things that the predator should be feeling and not necessarily the victim. So the victim gets two burdens. Not only are they having to carry around that baggage, but they're also having to think about the stigma and the fear that would come from society or their family members or other people that know them if they were to disclose those types of things. And they're burdened with holding on to that secret because they're afraid. They may be afraid that, you know, if they talk about it to someone, they could ruin the family. If they talk about it to someone, they could break up the relationship that that person has with the family, that the predator has with the family. Because a lot of times when it comes to sexual abuse, it's typically a person that is close to the household or to the victim that is the one to sexually abuse. So it could be a family member. It could be a family friend. And those close ties can make the victim feel as if they have to protect that predator or protect that secret because they don't want to hurt that person. And they also don't want to create an atmosphere of chaos within the household. So when we see things come out like this and, and this be something that's a little bit more socially acceptable, it's always something that shows us how much mental health, especially when it comes to men is progressing and how people are becoming much more open within minority communities, especially. 
So throughout the post, Hosea stated that this is something that he spent his whole life trying to forget. His experience with, with trying to forget the trauma he endured parallels with Common, the rapper's story. He spoke also publicly and openly about his childhood experience with being molested at the tender age at about nine. Uh, Common shared in a book that he recently wrote that he completely forgot about the abuse until the day he was working on a documentary called The Tale. He writes, one day while talking through the script with Laura, old memories surprisingly flashed in my mind. I turned to my co-star and said, Laura, I think I was abused. This is another example of how someone who endures trauma can disassociate. So when we talk about dissociation, a lot of people, the first thing that they go to is DID. So that's dissociative identity disorder. And the first thing that my clients would say is the movie Split, which is like a total and accurate representation of dissociation. And it kind of makes dissociation seem like something that's far-fetched or something that's not very common, when in fact, dissociation is very common, especially amongst children who have experienced trauma or some type of abuse. And it's something that can go forward into your adulthood. So the reason why I feel like dissociation could have been something that Common may have experienced while on set is because Common was allegedly molested around the age of nine years old. And I know Common is somewhere in his 40s now. When we dissociate, it's kind of like taking a box, taking that trauma or whatever has happened to us, putting it in that box, taping it away, and putting it up on a shelf in a closet somewhere to where we don't have to think about it. We don't have to fill it. We don't have to experience it. To me, that's kind of like what it sounds like happened with Common because we put those things away in that shelf so that we don't have to experience it. But then something comes that tumbles that box off that shelf. And now we have this big mess that we're left to have to clean up. And it's been years later. When he read about this thing on set, it triggered that. That's why he, he kind of had the feeling of, I think that I've been molested. And it brought him back to when he was that nine-year-old child. Yeah, our mind can go into a state of a defense mechanism. We are trying to protect ourselves so we can disassociate and forget those memories. Unfortunately, triggers, if you're unaware of what your triggers are, this can cause a flashback of the trauma. And most recently, another celebrity that had a flashback of trauma was Raz B. As many of you know, in the early 2000s, before it was socially acceptable, before the climate that we're in, where we're more understanding of mental health, when Raz B came out that Chris Stokes allegedly molested him, he was the um, punchline of many jokes. There were songs written about him. No one came to his defense. And recently when they went on tour, Raz B's behavior, um, many people were saying that he was acting out, he was trying to ruin the tour. However, in one of the posts that he um, made a video of, it says, I'm leaving the tour. I don't feel safe because I feel like Chris Stokes is around. So going back into the element of being on tour, being around 
some of those same memories caused a flashback of trauma and it came out as a behavior that most people were not comfortable with. And also with that acting out as well. So we have to really check on our men. And the reason why I say that we have to really check on our men, especially mothers of boys, young boys, and this goes for young girls as well, but specifically our men, we have to check on them because they may not be speaking out about sexual abuse or any type of abuse that has happened to them. But a lot of times you can see it in the signs. So if they're acting out, if they're being uh, more disruptive in school, if they are showing a lot of anger and aggression, yeah, like anger and aggression, um, then a lot of times that could mean that there's some type of underlying issue going on. Now, we're not saying that all the time it's sexual abuse. While that is a possibility, we're not saying that all the time it is sexual abuse, but a lot of times children have a difficult time expressing their feelings and their emotions and they'll act it out in behavior. So for instance, if a child is anxious, they may not say, I'm really worried. They may say, you know, my stomach hurts or my head hurts. So they'll act it out in different behaviors. And a lot of times you can kind of tell by how they act around that family member or that family friend. So it's very important for mothers out there of young children, I would say young boys specifically as well, since we're talking about male celebrities in this episode. But it's very important that you are keeping an eye on your children and you're being observant of your kids because a lot of these signs could be there and you would never suspect it. So it's definitely important to have that open conversation with them if you do see some of the signs. And also parents believe your child believe your child even if it's a family member a close friend someone within the church someone that you would never suspect people have a tendency of only showing you what they want you to see right. so do not discredit your child or any child in your life do not say oh well this person spent many years around other children and it never happened that does not matter. That's, that should not discredit you at least investigating and doing your due diligence to reach out to possibly DCFS, take your child to the local, local emergency room to maybe get a rape kit performed. Just be a present parent and believe your child. You are the first line of defense for your children. And if they feel that their parents don't believe them, it can cause them to bottle that up and take years, as you see with Common, with Hosea, with others, take years for them to finally find their voice to speak out against something that they endured. And to kind of piggyback off of that, I also want to say that if you are a parent of a child who has been sexually abused, definitely 100% put your child in therapy. Don't allow this to be a family secret. Yes, please don't, don't. Don't allow this to be a family secret. Don't allow this to be, this is our business and we keep it between these four walls and allow your shame mm -hmm. to keep you from getting your child the help that they need. Because studies show that children who are victimized can turn around and be the victimizer to other people. And it's not with malicious intent. It's just because if they're shown that that's what love is at a young age, 
then that's the way that they're going to show it to other people sometimes. So it's so important that if you are a parent and you see that something like this has happened to your child, that you not allow your own shame to keep your child from being able to rebuild healthy senses of self, healthy boundaries, and to be able to process through this. Because at some point, it's going to come back up. And you don't want your child to be a 30, 40, 50-year-old man. I've had clients that have been 60 and 70 years old that are just now starting to process trauma that happened to them when they were very young children. So if this is happening to you within your household, I just want you to be aware that there are resources out there and that the earlier you get help, the better it'll be for that child to rebuild themselves and to pick back up the pieces after something traumatic has happened to them. Yes, I totally agree. And also not just getting the child therapy, but doing family therapy with you as parents and the child so that you can learn the proper language, the proper care that this child now needs. Learning to look out for warning signs, triggers that may cause them to have PTSD, get into a counseling session together as a family as well. I was a child therapist and seeing children come in because things have happened to them is probably one of the toughest things I'll say to deal with as a therapist because children are innocent and they don't ask for any of this. And to me, I think it's one of the most terrible things to see people take advantage of young children. Get the help that's out there for them. They may not even understand what happened to them, but I'll tell you there's a lot of different therapy techniques out there that would help them. For instance, when I was doing child therapy, you could do this thing called play therapy. And play therapy allows the child through different toys and props and tools and colors and art to be able to express what happened to them and to slowly be able to talk about these things with a professional. And then the child will be able to talk about these things with you as a parent. That's one big complaint that I hear a lot when a child has been abused is that they have a difficult time talking about it with the parent. And a lot of times the reason why they're having that difficult time is because they haven't fully been able to process it. That is out there for you. Another form of therapy that I think is incredible for victims of trauma, whether it be a child or an adult, and this is especially for my men as well, since we're piggybacking off the men too episode, but it's this type of therapy called content-free therapy. And basically content-free therapy allows the client to not discuss anything that happened within the situation. They don't have to talk about the abuse. They don't have to name the victimizer. They don't have to talk about any of the details. The only thing that they have to discuss is the emotions that surrounded the situation that happened to them. And they can talk that out through therapy with the therapist. They can break down those emotions and the therapist can give them different techniques to cope with those emotions. And that allows the client to be able to play out these events in their head and to use the coping skills that you've worked with in therapy 
that's affiliated with those different emotions that they would feel in that moment to be able to process through the moment. Therapy is so important, uh, like Brittany was saying, because it teaches you effective coping skills. Unfortunately, when I meet with clients and they are now adults, because we know that childhood affects your adulthood. If you don't process it, get the appropriate help, it will manifest itself right. into your adulthood. And when we learn unhealthy coping skills, many times they're either will disassociate, trying to try to forget the event altogether, or they turn to drugs and alcohol to prevent the flashbacks, to prevent the memories from resurfacing. And now you have an adult that has an addictive disorder. And many times they'll turn to these drugs and alcohol, but it's a there's an underlining issue that they did not, as a child, get the proper help, that they did not get a chance to process it. So it manifests into relationship issues, trust issues, and again, it can come out into substance abuse issues. So it's very important that they get the help as early as possible to prevent these things manifesting into unhealthy behaviors and problems in adulthood. So this episode, with it being called Breaking the Silence, we found it very important to touch on sexual abuse, but we also want to talk about sexuality in general and just being able to live in your truth. So a celebrity that recently came out and used his platform to inspire others to live in their truth is an actor by the name of Malik Yoba. And Malik Yoba, he recently released a video on his Instagram and he announced to the world on a very public platform that he was trans attracted. And I believe that that was a very important moment because it allows him to not only live in his truth, but potential intimate partners that would want to be with him. They know what it is prior to getting into a relationship with him. There's no hiding. There is no being undercover. He's living out in the open and showing people who he is and saying, hey, this is who I am. So you can take it or leave it. And I think that what he did was so important, especially in the um, with the recent events that transpired. Unfortunately, Maurice Willoughby, which is an African-American male, he died by suicide after a video surfaced on social media that went viral of him being bullied because of his trans attraction. He was in a public relationship with a transgender woman. And in the video, he was seen being bullied while people were recording him, mocking him for living in his truth. According to many articles, some of his family members stated that he fell into a depression after events once the video surfaced and he died by suicide. And this is what keeps a lot of people, especially in the Black community, silent about things such as being openly gay, being trans attractive, and living in their truth because of the fear of how the community will accept them. So I really applaud Malik Yoba for being a public figure and saying, hey, I am trans attracted. I love who I love. And I think that is so important. That's the message that we should send out to our black men, our black boys. Live in your truth. It's okay to be who you are. Right. Love who you love. Be who you are. Because 
all of us know if you're not open about who you are and you have to continuously shift to pretend and be something that you're not, that's a lot of mental stress, which can lead to things like depression, anxiety. You're worried about whether who you really are is going to surface. So living in your truth is so much mental freedom as well. And I appreciate each and every one of these celebrities that we have listed and many of the people who are listening that are living in their truth. Definitely. I, I 1000% agree with that. I always say that masculinity comes in many forms. Just because something has happened to you or just because you have a certain sexuality does not make you any less of a man. And as society, we have to stop putting these boxes. Labels, yeah. Yes, these these labels that say, if you're a man, you have to fit all the descriptions in this box. And if you're a woman, you have to fit all of these things. We have to understand that people are multifaceted. People are complex. We are human beings that are built up of many different components. And we can be synonymously transattracted and still be masculine. We can be abused and that still not change who we are as a person. Abuse is something that happens to you. It's not who you are. And we can't associate our worth with what we've been through. Speaking your truth and living in your truth, it gives you back your power. Right. It gives you back that voice that that abuser tried to silence. A very important part that really stood out to me in Hosea's letter. So in his letter, he says, that's how some predators start, by finding your child's weak, innocent, shy spots and exploiting them through the lens of secrets, sex, masculinity, girls, and trust. Parents of boys, please pay attention to this. And the reason why I really wanted to touch on this is because I think it's so important that we begin to teach our children how to set proper boundaries at a young age. Okay, so there's a ton of boundaries uh, that you can go over, but that would be an entire episode by itself. So I'm just going to break down some of the most common ones. And that would be sexual boundaries. So sexual boundaries is I have the right to choose who I want to be intimate with, when I want to be intimate, and the way that I am intimate. And I also have a right to say no to people that I do not want to share my body with. Then there are physical boundaries, which say I have the right to say who touches me and in what way they touch me. And I have a right to my own personal physical space. No one is entitled to that. I say who can do those things to me and who can't. And then there are emotional boundaries. And in emotional boundaries, the I statement would be, I have the right to feel what I feel. And it's 100% valid whether it is accurate or not. I have the right to feel what I feel and to validate my own feelings. I also have to deal with the consequences of what I feel, but I have the right to feel them. And others do not have a right to invalidate my emotions. 
And then there are the mental boundaries, which the I statement would be with mental boundaries that I have a right to my thoughts and my ideas. I have the right to my intellect. And those are just four of the most common boundaries. But there are so many other boundaries out there and boundaries teach us how to teach other people how to treat us. And that's why boundaries are so important. And it's very important that you start these boundaries with your children at a very young age because boundaries will allow them to be able to build up refusal skills whenever people are trying to push them to do something that they're not comfortable with. Boundaries will also help them be able to set limits with others. And sometimes there's adults out there that don't respect boundaries, but it's important that boundaries are taught to your children so that they know when their personal boundaries are crossed to go and tell someone so that they understand when something is wrong and when they need to go and seek an adult for help because there are very bad people out there that will play on a child's boundaries in order to get that child to do things that are inappropriate. And Hosea shared throughout his Instagram post how his alleged abuser was testing his boundaries. He started off being verbally inappropriate, testing his privacy, whether what he shared with him was going to get back to the son or get back to his mom. And he pushed the boundaries more and more until it became where he invaded his physical boundaries. Right. So it's very important, like Brittany was saying, to have that conversation so that when it is when it starts off as a verbal boundary that he was invading, that he can go and speak to his parents. But parents, you are also responsible for creating a safe space for your child to feel comfortable enough to even come to you. Right. Many parents want to shy away from having the sex talk, want to pretend like life doesn't happen. However, it's very important that you have this safe space that a child will feel comfortable enough to come and talk to you. We have to protect our young boys just as much as we protect our young girls. If you or a loved one has been a victim of abuse, we would like to provide you with some resources. National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number 1-800-273-8255. Again, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number is 1-800-273-8255. The National Sexual Assault Hotline, 1-800-656-HOPE. 1-800-656-4673. Four six seven three, And also we want to encourage the adults out there to call your local DCFS if you suspect that a child is being abused. It doesn't have to be your child. It can be a child at the school, a neighborhood child, a child within your family, but don't allow yourself to let that opportunity pass where you could be potentially saving a young person. If you suspect that a child is being abused, and we're not talking about just sexual abuse, we're talking about physical abuse, we're talking about verbal abuse. If a child has scars or marks on them, or if a child is saying that something happened to them, it's so important that as adults, we utilize our local DCFS uh, so you can either 
call the number for your local one. You can do a quick Google search and find that online. Or if you look for the DCFS website online, you can fill out the form for it. And it is 100% anonymous. No one will ever know that you were the person that did it, but it will allow you an anonymous way to be able to potentially save the life of a young person. And I also want to notify every adult is a mandated reporter. I repeat by law, every adult out there is a mandated reporter. So if there is something going on, you are mandated by law to alert the proper people that can assist with that situation. A lot of times when it comes to mandated reporting, we have the misconception that you have to be a mental health professional or you have to be working with DTFS or you have to be a teacher or you have to be in a field where you're working with children. But every adult that has sound mind is a person who has to be a mandated reporter. So make it your duty to not only save the lives of a young person out there to do the most that you can to help them, but to make sure that you are fulfilling your duty as a mandated reporter because you're, you're fulfilling a very important role in the lives of someone else. And as we end, we would like to leave you with this quote. We must send a message across the world that there is no disgrace in being a survivor of sexual violence. The shame is on the aggressor. That's all for today's episode. Remember, if you'd like a daily dose of hope, you can follow us on Instagram at The Hope Podcast. Stay hopeful and holistic.